Welcome back to Takis McGinnis Elder Care Law Hour. I'm Tim Takis, and in today's show, we're talking about chronic illnesses and diseases and how they affect your planning. And I'm Barbara McGinnis. In this segment, we're going to be visiting with Patty Lane, who is the Director of Care Services for the Tennessee Chapter of ALS. Welcome, Patty. Thank you. Glad to we, be here. Let's start by just what is ALS? Well, ALS is amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, and it is a uh, progressive degenerative neuromuscular disease. Essentially, the motor neurons die, and so therefore the brain is sending signals for the body to move, but the body doesn't move because it's not receiving it. Mm -hmm. And that can happen um, gradually, um, mm -hmm. and it can affect some muscles and not all muscles, but um, or eventually someone can be completely paralyzed. Mm -hmm. So you've got an active brain up here, you know, and then you have no, basically it's like the wires are, are short circuiting or they're, or they're gone. Yes. You know, down to, the, down to the rest of the body. And there is a small portion, maybe there's varying uh, quotes, but 10 to 20% that might have an overlap with frontotemporal dementia as well. Okay. So some mm -hmm. clients also have some, um, some mental challenges as well. Okay. So what are some of the early warning signs or how do you know if, that you might have ALS? Well, it's difficult. Oftentimes it can take up to a year to get a diagnosis because the, di mm -hmm. the symptoms are so benign. Um, it may be that you go to pick up the cup and, and you drop it or you have weakness in your hand. You might stumble because you're dragging a foot, have foot drop. A lot of times the, you know, they just kind of put people in a brace and, and send them on. Um, or sometimes they may have some speech issues and not quite sure. They might think they've had a stroke, nothing comes back. So um, there's no markers for the disease, so mm -hmm. it can be difficult to get a diagnosis. You kind of have to, one of the doctors used to explain is you have to let the flower open to be able to recognize what it is. Mm -hmm. And probably a yeah. lot of ruling out other things. Absolutely, mm -hmm. that's, that's how you diagnose, is you rule out everything else and then look at the clinical picture that's presented. Mm -hmm. Right. Is there a particular age group that's sensitive to this? Well, um, the, the parameters have always been between 40 and 70 for diagnosis. Oh, that's pretty We've, broad. Yeah. We have seen much younger people and older mm -hmm. people as well mm -hmm. have the diagnosis. So. so is it more prevalent in like the between 40 and 70 or is it, I'm just thinking yeah. I'm 63 and I'm going, okay, am I, am I, am I outside the risk zone or? Well, um, they've done some recent studies and it's more predominant, slightly more predominant in men. Mm -hmm. uh, generally more predominant in Caucasians. Mm -hmm. um, there are, it can affect any socioeconomic, any educational background, any uh, nationality anywhere in the world, mm -hmm. but predominantly uh, skews a little bit more towards um, uh, Caucasian men. Right. Um, I often wonder if it's because veterans are twice as likely as the general population to contract ALS. We really? do not know why yet. Mm -hmm. Um, but that could potentially ski that as well. So mm -hmm. um, athletes, some athletes as well. Okay. So how do I keep from getting it? What, well, I, what can I do? Uh, there's not any good answers for that either. There's a lot of um, unanswered questions with ALS. Um, it, Ninety percent um, of people that have ALS contract it sporadically. About ten percent have it run in their families. So um, it's very hard to predict who will get it. Mm -hmm. And along the way, it's very hard to predict how it's gonna affect you as well. You know, it may um, uh, have a very slow progression. Mm -hmm. It can have a very rapid progression and then plateau. 
Um, so that's so devastating for families when they when they uh, are faced with it because mm -hmm. you don't really know. You know, they come to us and say oftentimes, what's going to happen next? And it's hard the doctors may that. be able to guess at that, but it's very difficult in general to, to give you that answer. Right. So the, almost anything that you ask after that, the answer could be it depends. Life expectancy or um, it does sound like there's no cure for ALS. Yes, it is. It, at this point, uh, mm -hmm. there is no cure. Mm -hmm. It is a fatal disease. Mm -hmm. um, and. The general life expectancy is two to five years from the point of diagnosis. Okay. I have had a client um, pass away as quickly as six months after the diagnosis, and I have another client who um, has had the disease for 33 years and is uh, able mm -hmm. to live independently at home. Now, he has help, right. but he's not in a facility and right. he lives alone. And I, and I believe wow. the most, probably the most prominent person that we know of that had also ALS was Stephen Hawking. Stephen Hawking. Yes. So, and he had it, like, I guess he had contracted it as a young man. Mm -hmm. I think in his so 20s. Mm -hmm. In his 20s. So, yes. he was in college. 50 years plus, perhaps. Absolutely. So, a lot, so, of, wa lot of variety there. Right. And we all know how active and how, um, you know, that I guess obviously in some ways life limiting for him, but in other ways maybe that was, you know, maybe he did his best work. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. when, when everything else is kind of shutting down, right. the brain can. Mm -hmm. So what about the equipment? What kind of special equipment or home modifications should folks start thinking about if, if they're diagnosed and we're wanting to live at home as long as possible? Well, definitely home modification is important because they may well end up in a power wheelchair. Mm -hmm. So they're going to need to look at ramping. They're going to need to look at bathrooms. You know, the, a roll-in shower can really increase your independence. It's not something that most of us have. And we're talking completely flat roll-in, not just a little step over yeah. because right. oftentimes that little step is something that you can't make. So equipment-wise, um, you know, power wheelchairs, any kind of assistive aids, um, lift chairs, uh, Hoyer lifts. Um, Hoyer lifts are? Are lifts that if you are completely unable to transfer from bed to chair, mm -hmm. it is um, a crank or an electronic model that you put a sling under the person and it lifts them off the bed and transfers them over to the chair. Okay. Now, oftentimes people will look at those power chairs as a progression of their disease and they fight them. So that's a lot of what we do is try to, to get them to think ahead and, and kind of reframe how they look at that mm -hmm. as this is something that's going to add to your independence. It's going to prevent falls. It's going to allow you to go wherever you want to go right. pretty much. Um, right. And it, instead of... It's a tool. It's a tool. Absolutely. It, which has utility for them. Yeah. Yeah. Some people also lose the ability to, to speak yes. and communicate, so that's a huge thing, is just assistive technology for uh, communication. Anywhere from a lot of folks these days are using their phones. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a support group where two of the members are talking, you know, via uh -huh. their phone. Right. Um, iPads work, and then all the way up to if a person is paralyzed or, and cannot use a touch screen, they, you can use an eye gaze device, which they operate with their eyes, and right. they can spell out words. And I think that's what Stephen Hawking had, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. He was able to, mm -hmm. to communicate Absolutely. that way. Yes. So how much does this stuff cost? I mean, we're talking about a lot of equipment. Who pays for that? It can be very expensive. I think, a, you know, a power chair can be $30,000. Uh, the uh, eye gaze device can be, uh, you know, $15,000. Uh -huh. um, so usually people with ALS can qualify for Social Security Disability and Medicare. Mm -hmm. If they've had enough work quarters, a lot of mm -hmm. times you'll right. get into situations where people don't have that, and that's right. devastating. Um, 
it's very important that they have a secondary insurance because a copay on a $30,000 chair is no yeah. drop, no small drop in the bucket. So, mm -hmm. um, so again, usually um, they have to rely on disability, and right. some people have additional and resources. We, and, I, and if I recall, I believe ALS is what we what what Social Security calls a presumptive condition, which Thank means you. if yeah. you have a diagnosis, mm -hmm. then essentially you are already you automatically get it. Instead and I think isn't that one where there's no. There's no uh, waiting period for, for Medicare. Medicare. Five month delay for the, for for the, the benefits. For Medicare. Yes. yes. And then it versus a two two year. years. Okay, yeah. we've just got like maybe a minute left, Patty. Okay. So can you tell us about what the ALS Association does here in Middle Tennessee and yeah. the services that provide? We try to be a resource for them for anything related to their ALS. We have a support group. We have loan closets uh, for communication and medical equipment. We have a respite program. We have. Um, we also look at ourselves as care service coordinators as a program because we go in there and help them navigate the healthcare system. Um, you know, potentially we could go in and see someone's having significant breathing issues and say, you know, don't wait for your next clinic appointment. You need to get in and see your pulmonologist now mm -hmm. to, to get some respiratory intervention, which can also affect folks. Right. So how do we get in touch with you? Well, the office is here in Nashville. Yeah. Um, Got your okay, there you information. go. Yeah, and we have. Um, a lot of different um, educational materials and, and uh, different events as well. So uh, appreciate support that way too. Great. Um, I don't know. We may have time for. Is there any research trials going on locally? Well, uh, not. I don't think there's any currently going on in Nashville. I think there's one in Memphis and one in Knoxville. Okay. Uh, St. Jude's is also doing some research. Um, okay table research. Great, thank you. Great. Patty, thanks for sharing your inf this information about uh, ALS with us. So up next we'll be speaking with a representative of the Mid-South Chapter of the National Multiple Sclerosis Society. So stay tuned. Mm -hmm.